Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Whatever shall we be critically thinking about today, Pat? Well, you know, it's a deep dive Thursday, so we're going to be talking about uh, the concept of free speech. And we're going to be doing a little bit of a deep dive on TikTok. And of course, we will also play the B or not the B. I don't know about you, but I think it's time that we start critically thinking. Yes, indeed, everybody. It is a critical thinking deep dive Thursday on the program. I'm Andrew Coppins. He is Pat Oni, uh, ex-birthday boy Pat Oni, by the way. Um, yep, that's right. You are an ex-birthday boy today. How was your birthday yesterday? Uh, it was quiet, low-key, um, and also probably didn't help that my wife is now sick, so... You got She's her been sick dealing didn't with you, whatever I've been trying to get over. So, you got her sick, yeah. didn't you, you rat bastard? Uh, probably, probably. Uh, in most cases, though, she brings home and gets me sick. So, this is uh, sweet, sweet revenge. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm not touching that with a ten foot <laughs> hole. So, as we mentioned in the open of the show, we're going to be talking about free speech today. And we're going to be talking about the um, bills before Congress and the Senate to ban TikTok in the United States of America and the somewhat insane response um, and the what I find to be interesting response, maybe not insane, interesting response of the libertarians over at uh, Reason Magazine, Pat, I, I have not chuckled so hard at a supposedly hard-hitting piece in a very long time. I don't know about you, but uh, when I when I sent you that, I sent you that for a reason because I could not stop laughing. Yeah, it's uh, it it certainly uh, is a is it. Gives you a little bit of a tickle because it's uh, kind of kind of kind of loony. I don't want to know where Pat. 
don't want to know where. Okay, well, I just you know, I was talking about laughing. Um, point point on the doll to where the bad man touched you, Pat. <laughs> where, where did the bad man tickle you? Um, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we shall move on. Um, no, um, moving on. We're going to talk about free speech up front. We'll talk about TikTok in the background, and of course, we got the beer, not the bee. As always, you can follow on social media. I'm at the Coppin Show. He's at the Padoni Show. Um, Instagram is at Critical Thinking Show. Um, all right. All of that having been said, um, how, how do we want to approach this? Okay. So here's what I want to do. Um, as libertarian leaning people, or me more libertarian leaning than you, as we've um, talked about and admitted to on the show before. Um, yes, I'm. I identify as a conservative with libertarian leanings. Are those your preferred pronouns, Pat? Uh, th th those are some, yes. <laughs> I just, oh, God. All right. So as somebody with libertarian leanings on both sides, uh, I, I subscribe to the idea that free speech is absolute. And that we do not have the right to limit what somebody can talk about, create, well, I shouldn't say create. We have no right to limit what somebody can talk about. Period, point blank. Period. There are no caveats, but don't do this, but don't do that. The only limits on free speech that I believe exist is if that free speech is a direct threat to me or you or somebody else, right? If I went up to you and said, I'm going to murder you, Pat. Question for you, is that illegal? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. So that's really the only limit that exists on speech, in my view, is if that is an imposition of a direct physical threat of harm to myself or others, okay? That's it. Otherwise, I have every right to say every dirty, rotten, horrible, no good, very bad thing about you about our listeners, our viewers. I would never do such a thing, but I have the constitutional right to do so. I also subscribe to the just because you can doesn't mean you should, rest in peace, Doc Thompson, um, modus operandi, right? But it's also a modus operandi of what? Christianity. Christianity teaches you to be a good neighbor, to be a good Samaritan, right? Okay. So just because you can say the most horrible, horrific, terrible, no good, very bad things doesn't mean you should. Just because you can insult somebody doesn't mean you should. But the imposition of of that in the form of what? Laws? We have talked about law versus political will for a long time in this country and and, and on this show. I, I'm struggling, and the reason I brought this up is because um, over at the Steve Dace program, we've had two of the three members of the Steve Dace program, the Steve Dace show, on our airwaves and on our podcast and on our uh, Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. And 
As conservatives, Pat, would you believe that conservatives should or shouldn't be free speech absolutists? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I mean, okay. So if, I want to stop. There's... I just want to stop there because okay. I don't want uh, I don't want to go too far into the weeds of okay. of this without doing this. Okay. So okay. we have established both of us believe that free speech is an absolute. It is a guaranteed constitutional right that has no limit, constitutionally speaking. I want you to hear an answer to this from one member of the Steve Day Show as they talked about this question when it comes to Elon Musk, Twitter, um, what has been going on with Yoel Roth, um, and some of the other people involved in Twitter. So here's Aaron McIntyre. After Steve has asked the, the vital question about free speech absolutism. Fake news or not, further confirmation that free speech, as we have traditionally known it in America, is an illusion. Uh, we think we need to quickly revi- revisit a couple of things. We need to define what free speech is and then answer the question. Well, I, I guess this is tangential, but are, are we to be free speech absolutists as conservatives or whatever the heck conservatism means? So I would define free speech as uh, being free to, di- to discuss and have discourse out in the open about things that are pertinent um, uh, as defined by, I, I mean, you get to define what is pertinent uh, on any given day. Being able to discuss freely ideas about the future or state of civilization, give or take, sure. something like that. Okay. Uh, okay. Are we to be free speech absolutists as conservatives? If Or I, I need to start saying uh, insurrectionists or insurgents, not insurrectionists, insurgents. As insurgents, are we to be free speech absolutists? Now, I think the answer to that question is unequivocally no. I don't want people, I don't want... I don't want people to feel free about, well, to talk about that Yul Roth guy talking Child about gay porn. porn all the time yeah. or talking about diddling kids or something like that. So that that is to say all. So the free speech, as I as I just defined it, though, I think this is absolutely further comp- confirmation. Free speech is just an illusion. So I would say that is not fake news. Anything. I mean, name one thing of existential civilizational import. That we are free to say what we really believe, short of calls for fill in the blank, saying what we really believe. I got suspended on Twitter. I think it was earlier this year, last year, for saying transgenderism is a mental illness, which it is. Name anything of existential import on Twitter, the, the original Twitter, that you can actually say the truth and what you really believe and not mm-hmm. feel free or not feel uh, um, threatened with banishment. So I, I absolutely believe so they they were tackling the fact that it, it, free speech is an illusion. No, it's not. Because here's the rub for me in this in this argument, right? Do you notice how in in one breath he says that you you should be free to discuss anything, right, of importance in that day time, whatever you want to discuss, right? But no, no gay porn, no. No this, no that, no this, no that, no that, no this, no that. No, you shouldn't be free to discuss these things. Diddling kids, did, you know, blah, blah, blah. Do I agree that that is abhorrent speech? Yes, I do. Do I also know that that kind of speech 
is also illegal. Yes. And it's illegal not because it's illegal speech. It's illegal because that activity includes doing something to a minor. <laughs> it is it is not the speech that's illegal. It is the it is the pretense to the action that is illegal. Here's the other part of this. There are lots of people that speak absolute abhorrent things. Do I have to interact with it? Do I have to allow that to become part of my life? Do I have to subscribe to that? No. See, the, the beauty of the original Twitter, not Twitter 1.0, but maybe Twitter 0.05, if you will, right? The actual Twitter, when it was first around, okay? when Because I, I was a very early adopter of Twitter. The beauty and the reason it became so popular is that this was supposed to be a space in which you get a curated timeline and you get to see and interact with people that you choose, right? If you don't like somebody's speech on Twitter, the original, original Twitter, the engineering of Twitter was such that the algorithm would help curate suggestions, topics, hashtags, all of those things that might be of importance or interest based upon your interactions, right? The reason today TikTok is so popular, the reason that it works so well has nothing to do with its ability to capture video and, and edit and do all of those things. It has It is so popular because of its ability to understand its users and how they interact with it and how to continue to elongate the interaction, right? To give you that dopamine hit, right? Twitter used to be that because it was new, fresh, and different. Twitter 1.0 became something completely different from that. It went from being a space in which you can curate your own world, if you will, right? You don't have to interact with people you don't want to interact with. That was the beauty, right? Facebook, it was just, I'm going to shove every single thing that every single person who you liked or um, you know, invited to your page or you became friends with, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna shove that into a uh, chronological newsfeed, right? And you have to make a physical choice to uninteract with it. And at, at at certain points in time, all the way up until about three or four years ago, it was really difficult to you know stay friends and unfollow, right? Or to do this or to do that. The point of this is that <clears throat> the that Twitter used to be, Pat, a, a place in which you didn't have to see things that you didn't want to see. You also had an opportunity within that to understand whom you are interacting with and maybe whom they are interacting with, right? So like if somebody retweeted something or liked something, you had the ability to see that in your feed. And, and interact with it that direction. But you also had the, the other ability to unfollow things, to, um, to ban certain things, right? You can go in under the settings 
from the very get-go and say, these topics are off limits for me. I don't want to see them, right? If I didn't want to see anything in the world of politics, boom, I can unsubscribe from that hashtag or this hashtag or this or that, or I can create a list, right? And I can only look at this list because of this, right? And I used to use that all the time for um, accounts that were conference specific, right? So like, you know, um, all of the the beat writers in the Pac-12, boom, let me see that so that I can grab that list for that day and, and see all the content. Again, the point of that is that's exactly, I didn't have to limit anybody else's speech, right? I didn't have to limit anybody else's speech to be able to uninteract with things that I didn't want to see or hear, or I believe to be immoral, wrong, unjust, not right, right? I didn't have to do that. That was the beauty of Twitter. I got to speak the way I wanted to. Joe Schmo down the street did. And what effect did we have on each other's lives? The only effect we would have had is if Joe Schmo and I were following each other or interacting with each other. That's it. Here's the reality of the situation for me and why Aaron misses the point on this. Free speech is not an illusion. The only reason you believe that to be an illusion is because you have allowed Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those types of places to be the arbiters of speech. And they have decided to be gatekeepers of what is and isn't acceptable speech, which, by the way, every single private company in the world has the ability to, at least when it comes to the United States of America. Every single one of them. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm really struggling to understand how, number one, you can tell on one hand th that the definition of free speech is the ability to have discourse and discuss it, discussions and interactions around news, views, um, whatever's going on in the world in that specific moment in time, however and whatever you want to talk about, and then decide, yeah, but no, um, no, um, this is illegal. That is that speech shall not be spoken. It turns out that it's really just you don't want to see it. So I'm going to impose my morality. Now, if I, if I didn't tell you that this was coming from a conservative, what would you have said? That this is a censorous leftist, right? That this is, it is literally the exact same argument that the left is making. Am I wrong here, Pat? What say you? So I, I want to try to answer this from Aaron's perspective, okay. just, just for the sake of argument, okay? Mm -hmm. If I'm looking at free speech and, you know, we're, we're talking about something like where he used the example of gay porn or with Yoel um, Roth, right? Who who is a yeah, PhD wrote his dissertation right. on and thesis on uh, gay porn, right? I believe it was right and, and, and diddling and the, kids and the concept right. of diddling kids, right? So 
in the sense of free speech, if in in you could apply this to any controversial topic or any topic that that could potentially put you in prison, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if if I can't say those things without some sort of legal consequence, is there is is free speech truly absolute, and does it truly exist? Yes, because here's here's the thing. I may be free to do something. I may be free to say whatever I want. That is the concept of free speech. I can say whatever I want. However, just because you have the liberty, the freedom to do something, Mm -hmm. just because you have that does not mean that you are free of the consequences of those actions. So, in a sense, I can see what they're saying that, hey, if, if, if free speech means that we, we can say whatever we want and, and we don't have to fear the consequences, then yes, from that point of view, from that point of view, I could, I could see how free speech is an illusion. However, when I say free speech, and I'm talking about just the concept of discourse and Saying really ultimately saying whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I've never argued that you are free of those consequences ever. So yes, and we've long held this on, on this is ha- this is also an application of what we have talked about when it comes to abortion, right? Right. In, in, in my argument begins and ends at this. You are not free of the consequences of decisions and actions and words that you speak, right? You're not free of those consequences ever. No, and ever. Sometimes the con- and, and consequences can be positive and negative, right? Right. We've talked about that for a long time when it comes to abortion. I, I start and stop the argument right here. Do you believe that sex is free of, of consequence? No. Okay, exactly. So... <laughs> If you if you if you accept that sex has consequences, both pleasurable and potentially dangerous consequences, right? If you accept that right. premise, then you are accepting that there are ramifications of your actions. And therefore, you don't get to get out of jail free when it comes to the ramifications of your actions. A great example of this is, well, what about STDs, right? And all this other stuff. Great. Here's the deal. You have ramifications if you get an STD, right? Whether that ramification is lifelong or short term, or you've got to, you know, you've got to take medication or whatever, right? But you have to take responsibility. Okay, you have right. a responsibility to take care of it. it. I mean, here, here's the thing: the law of physics applies here, right? It's, it's uh, for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. In other exactly. words. Exactly. For every action you take, there is a consequence, when whether it comes it's good to, or bad. And when it comes to speech, mm-hmm. you have the right to say whatever you want. You do. You have a right to be a, you know, Nambla-loving individual all you want. You have a right to believe in the gender theory, ideology, religious cult all you want. 
but you are not free from me being able to challenge you. You are not free of consequences of action, of speech, of all of it. There are there's no there's no free lunch when it comes to so free speech is not an illusion. Free speech is an action, and actions have consequences to them. Now, having said that, Pat, I want you to hear the other argument made on the on the program when it comes to free speech absolutism. Yeah, it is just an, it is just an uh, illusion. So that's not fake news, but it, that has less to do with the people at Twitter that we're talking about, then it has to do with the normies that uh, last week I called the biggest weirdos of all. You you keep accepting these terms. And it's not just with social media. It's everywhere you go. You're lectured uh, by these people who never plan on giving you a voice. And they keep saying, well, you know, we believe in kindness and tolerance. And they then they turn around and they never show it to you. And it's not just in school districts. You see how par- parents these days of sports teams, can some of them... Uh, go too far? Of course, but these manifestos that are given by leagues of parents about uh, uh, just shut up and let the experts handle this. You coach soccer. You're not an expert in anything. We we keep accepting this notion. We don't want free speech. That's the biggest problem, and that's why it's an illusion. What say you about that argument, that free speech is actually an illusion because we don't want free speech? I think he's probably onto something there because here's I kind of alluded to this in my first argument a little bit, right? Where um it's it's an illusion from from the standpoint of do I believe free speech means I am free of consequences for what I say? Um and, and if that's the case, then then yes, it it it's an illusion, right? In this case, he's talking about surrendering your free speech to say Twitter, Facebook, whatever social media platform or media platform that you want to talk about because you've subscribed to this idea that they are the arbiters of speech for that platform. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if, if, if you are going to subscribe to that idea that Twitter can control my speech and censor my speech, which yes, I guess. And, and technically, they could, and they have. Mm-hmm. And from that standpoint, yes, I could see how you it would be an illusion. But at the same time, just because Twitter is stopping me, is that going to stop me from saying what I'm saying? No. Okay. Okay. So I, I get what you're saying, but I don't think that's what Todd was saying. Okay. In in especially the first part of what you had to say here, I agree mm-hmm. with you that largely Americans have surrendered their concept of freedom of speech to believe it is whatever Twitter, Facebook, whatever social media, right, is going to tell you that their gatekeeping allows. I agree that that's what people believe, but the illusion is that we all agree to the same social construct or social compact or social law, if you will. Yeah. And what Todd is saying is that we, by and large, on the libertarian conservative side, have decided that we're going to, we're going to give, 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 right? 
and they're going to take, 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 but it's not a two-way street. And I've talked about this for a long time. Yep, he's right about that. It is not a two-way street for the the normies, as he put it, right? For the mm. for the pro, you know, drag queen story hour, pro whatever, gender, religious cult bullcrap, right? Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest about it. That is a cult. It is 100% yeah, oh, yeah, a cult. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. And cultish behavior is you must subscribe and affirm how I look at the world. Otherwise, you're a bigot. And and on top of it, I don't I don't afford you the same in kind. Right. There is no in kind. It is take, take, take. I have to give, give, give because my worldview suggests what, Pat? Right. That if I give, I'm getting back. When it comes to um, discourse, right, my worldview subscribes to if I believe in free speech absolutism, that is the I should be getting it back. Right. And and we've had this discussion a long time. Uh, Look at the response to Elon Musk when he's when he was on, you know, uh, a guest at uh, Dave Chappelle show. Right. Or look at how companies are. You know, there's open letters when, God forbid, uh, Elon Musk is is interviewed or uh, at, at some company, you know, corporate retreat or whatever have you, right? Or this person or that person that's controversial um, suddenly um, co- becomes somebody that gets interviewed and, and open letters. How dare we interact with this person or how dare this person be um, representative of our brand and our co- company, right? If I if 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 I were to follow that logic, right, then people who are antithetical to a biblical worldview, I should be able to to produce an open letter and have everybody signing it. Right. And I should be able to raise absolute holy hell within my corporation and demand. Right. Demand that my beliefs are affirmed in every aspect of that business. How dare you not affirm my belief system? Do you think that that would go down? Do you think that that would happen? Do you think that you wouldn't be fired? The answer is no, no, and all hell no. It is not a two-way street. The social compact that we had largely subscribed to throughout the vast majority of our history as the United States of America no longer exists and it has not for a very long time. The the this whole respect for marriage act, right? This whole concept <clears throat> is the not just the nail in the coffin, Pat. It is it is the putting the the sand on the concept of as the coffin is already in the ground. It is you know throwing the dirt onto the coffin of the concept that we have a social compact anymore because we have been told if we give, right, if we give on making sure that there's no law um, that, you know, bans gay activity, right, LGBTQ activity, I agree with that, by the way, because I agree that you should be free to live life as you see fit, by and large, um, as an adult, (coughs) That also means that I 
get to live my life as I see fit. And I, because what they're demanding now and what we have talked about is that that was going to be step one. And then we're going to start to see the erosion of every other aspect of religious practice in life, right? When now we take a look at the Respect for Marriage Act, right? What do you think is going to happen? You're going to see them start going after Jewish, Christian, Muslim, um, charities, nonprofits, um, you know, all of those things, right? Because they're going to take religious stands on, um, you know, on gay couples or whatever the hell you want to call it, okay? Also, we have talked about the, the disillusion of, okay, so prove to me that in this Respect for Marriage Act that it's only between two individuals. Where in, the, where in that? Why, why are you not affirming my thruple? I identify as a non-binary pansexual lizard person, right? And therefore, I should have the ability to marry a man and a woman because I'm both, right? Polygamist. One day I might be a man and therefore I'm attracted to a woman. The next day I'm a, a female and therefore I might be attracted to a man who also happens to be a female who also happens to identify as a man. Affirm me. Polygamist. I mean, that, that, that's been my argument with with um, this whole idea of of marriage from, from many years ago is, right. is if you are going to affirm the idea that that gay marriage can exist, where's where is the actual line? Right, because because, because when we take a look at this, Pat, right? Mm -hmm. the, the original the original give, right? The original give right. From the religious side is okay. We're we're going to recognize that okay. We can be good Christian people and say hmm, all right. Um, there's a worldview. There's a societal situation here in which, um, okay, we're going to give you a civil union, right? You you're right. going to be able to 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 marry, but we're going to recognize that it is not an equal, right? Because it can never be. Because marriage is an act that can allow for what to happen? Procreation. You doing bumping bumping tips, right? Mm. That that never ever biologically can produce a child. No. There is a reason in which this is a coupling, right? Naturally that exists. The unnatural, the minority thing is an attraction a thing with people of the same sex right not gender right. sex okay they're different biologically they're different sexually they're different in every way and to suggest that they are equal was not the position 20 25 years ago right we said okay we're going to give you we're going to give you a union. You have the ability to go into the courthouse and be recognized as a monogamous relationship, right? And, uh, and you're going to be afforded the same civil rights. Okay. Who are we to deny the fact that you should be able to civilly, legally have the same rights? Again, my argument is what the hell is... The government doing in marriage, period, and the history right. of this country suggests that doing so 
has been actually a, a relatively recent concept, and more importantly, if you really look at it, has been a, a really bigoted concept meant to do what? Limit black people, limit minorities, and their ability to, to interact with our society. By and large, government never got involved in marriage all the way up until post-Civil War uh, America, antebellum America, right? Well, post-antebellum America, but uh, Reconstruction America, okay? Learn that history and understand the government interaction with marriage. But, so we gave that, right? We gave that inch. And they haven't just taken the mile, they've taken the marathon since then. It is now the government must affirm every single thing that the LGBTQ um, in the moment believes. And if not, the government's bigoted. You're a bigot. Bake the cake. Right? Right. They are now, we went from, hey, we're going to give you the ability to civilly, legally have the same right. That we're, we're, we, we're, we agree with you. Civilly makes sense. Right? It has no impact on my marriage because my marriage is a godly thing, right? Marriage is separate from union. And they're not the same, and they shouldn't be recognized as the same. Sorry, not sorry on that. That's the biblical reality. If you live in a biblical worldview, if you have that worldview, that's your position. It should be your position. And any religion that suggests otherwise is not biblical. And we have that up in Canada, by the way. Uh, We literally had um, one of the, it's like the United Canadian Church or something like that. Mm -hmm. Actually suggest that gay union is the same. They literally have that position. They are one in the same. No, that is biblically impossible. So what kind of a church are you? You're you're the church of the state is what you are. Not a state-sponsored church. You are the church of the state. Now, since then, what have we seen, right? We, we've gone down that marathon path of affirmation of this, and if not, you're a bigot. I, I don't know where you go from here. And to Todd's point, right? Todd's point is that we have ceded our free speech in the preposition or the, not preposition, but in the um, theory that if we give, they also give back. That it, that it is in kind, right? We have that no. social compact that if, hey man, if it, look, if we're willing to compromise and understand that you have these, these rights and, uh, and understand that um, we live in a society in which we have ground rules and guideposts and all of those things, right? We've talked about that over and over again. If that's what we believe, but is it in kind? No, it's not. So free speech is only an illusion in so much as we are willing to give and all they do is take on, on the other side. And then they smite with the hammer your free speech. And your free exercise of speech, because speech is an action, folks. Speech is always an action, as we've talked about. 
I happen to believe that Todd's point is actually the correct position here. That while free speech is an illusion, it is only in an illusion because we don't have a social compact anymore. It is only an illusion because there are people who still believe there's a social compact that exists. And only one side is willing to use that social compact, right? That concept of a social compact to their political will advantage. How do we know it? James Phillips. Bake my cake, you bigot, right? And what is that story? That story is a purposeful targeting of religious action in your life. To, the, to that destruction of the social compact, we have said, okay, in, in civil society, we believe that people shall be free to exercise religion or not. Right, and those who choose not to to exercise religion in their lives, we're going to leave them alone. They can do their own thing. They can believe what they want to believe, act how they want to act, within the the social compact of the laws that that we have set forth. Right, and by the laws that we've set forth, we mean no interactions with minors and and all of those types of things. Right. And, my my point in this is that we believe that. And we also believe that we should be free to exercise our religion, not just inside the four walls of the synagogue, the church, the, the temple, um, the mosque, right? We believe that we shall have that freedom to do what, Pat? To exercise it, practice it. Because religion is not just pray, prayer. It is not just going to church. Church is one aspect of it, but the exercise of it in your daily life. God didn't say, and Jesus didn't say, go to temple, go to church, and that's it. No, it was an action in your everyday life, prayer, you know, meditation, fasting, preaching, um, evangelizing, right? All of those things. Faith, faith is, um, <clears throat> when I, when, you know, when you exercise your faith— it's not about exercising your belief. Right. Faith is an action. It is not a right, right. Just it, a it, it is not just a a thing that you go to and then leave and put aside for the next six days. That's not how that right. works. That's not how any of that works. It's but a practice. To, but to the to the people who want to crush that, right? To to the other side who doesn't believe in the social compact, right? To this illusion of free speech, they're gonna force you, right? You don't get to exercise your free speech, your exercise of religion in in society. The social compact doesn't exist that direction, right? Because what did they do? As soon as that that was put into action, that crowd immediately knew this this person to be somebody who had religious faith and practiced it within his bakery. Okay? But in the bake the cake bigot case, did he say, don't come in here? Did he say, I'm not going to serve you? No. No, he didn't. He said, I am sorry. I am not going to customize something that goes against my religious beliefs. Did he refuse to sell them anything? No. 
In fact, he no. said, in fact, here, I will help you pick out a kick that is appropriate for this. And and you're more than welcome to purchase anything that I've already made. Right? You're free to purchase it. Right. And do with it what you will outside of here. But I am not going to take my artistic ability and do it. He won on the, on the technicalities within state law at the Supreme Court. And then what happened? They targeted him again with a gender reveal, not a not a gender reveal as in like the sex of a baby, but a celebration of coming out as transgender. Asking for a custom cake for that. They did it to him again. They will come at you time and time again because to them, there is no social compact. The only social compact is affirm me and my belief system. And until, and here's how you get away from free speech being an illusion, until you say no. Until you say no, I'm not going to play your game anymore. This is free speech is an illusion. Until you force them to take. That's that's my point, right? So we've been giving, 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 but the slippery slope. Well, that'll never that'll never be about polygamy. Oh, really? Well, go look at the gender theorists who are already suggesting that uh, polyamorous things should be recognized as real marriages. That's already a thing. And it's been a thing for 10 plus years, by the way. This is just another step down that road to, to all of the things that we have talked about. And we give, give, give without any take, take, take on the other side. There's no give. There's no room. They, well, they carved out religious exemptions. No, they didn't. They did not carve out an exemption for you or I to practice our faith in any way, shape, or form. What they did is they opened that shit up for you and I to be personally sued by the government, by the way, if we were to exercise in our daily lives our faith. In our faith telling us that Marriage is between a man and a woman, period, point blank, no exceptions. If you want to go to the courthouse and get and get civilly unionized, cool. But for me, I, I'm not going to. No, I'm not affirming that. I don't have to affirm that. By the way, that's your exercise of your free speech and your your free will. Right. Did I did I do anything to you to limit that? No. Because the argument was I need, or the original argument on civil union recognition, right, is that I need to be able to go see loved ones. I need to be able to have the the death benefits. I need to be able to have all of the things that are legally there when it comes to marriage, right? Uh, that's what that's what the argument was. This this is the this is the thing. This is the sandbox, the con the the compact that we that we are going to agree upon that. That this is what we want, and this is how we want it, right? Would I agree that civilly, legally, um, those things should be the same? Yes. Why? Because, again, society and the construct, that has no impact on my religious belief of marriage. None. Absolutely none. 
God said nothing of, you know, other than betrothing unto your wife or, you know, some of those things, right? But the, the larger point is this. That was the compact, right? That was the, the sandbox that we were supposed to be playing in. Okay, so we gave that. You've now taken the next mile. And the mile after that, we are, on, we are literally on like an ultra marathon at this point. Until we say no, we're not going to affirm your stupid pronoun game. No, we are not going to affirm anything that you want to believe to be right. And guess what? Also, uh, affirm my religious beliefs, bitch, right? Until we say something of that nature. And they do it back to us. Free speech is an illusion. It's an illusion because only one of us believes in the compact. And, and the sooner that you understand that they believe the compact to be dead, the better off that you're going to be because live in your sandbox. Don't let them affect your sandbox. And then have the, have the will, the chutzpah, the guts to publicly say, no, it's just that simple. With that, though, Pat, um, should we move on to the Babylon Bee or not the Bee? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So today's headline. Genius director makes 190-minute movie about water with no bathroom breaks. Genius director makes a 190-minute movie about water with no bathroom breaks. While you're thinking about this being the B or not the B, I would suggest that you and others go over to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Look, we have had a previous relationship with another coffee maker, and we loved that. But here's what I love even more a coffee brand that focuses on coffee, not politics, not anything else. They just believe in quality coffee for everyone. Whether you are of the religious right, the libertarian movement, the uh, gender queer theory crowd, they don't care. They care about serving good, great, grand, wonderful coffee. Coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code Critical Thinking at checkout for five percent off of your purchase today. And by the way, if you want, I believe to get it before Christmas, uh, the cutoff is coming pretty quick here. So make sure you go to Coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code Critical Thinking at checkout to get five percent off today. Again, Coffeebrandcoffee.com. Promo code Critical Thinking. All right. Is this the B or not the B? Do you need the headline one more time? Um. No, I don't think so. Um, that 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 screamed Babylon B to me, so I'm going to go with Babylon B. And you are correct. One hundred dollars of Dominic Izzo's money in our bank account. Yes, pay Can us. Direct- yes, pay us. Pay us. Affirm us. You. <laughs> Genius director makes a 190-minute movie about water with no bathroom breaks. James Cameron, acclaimed director of Avatar, a 2009 movie about estrogen-infused Smurfs, is releasing the much-anticipated sequel in theaters worldwide. The genius director decided moviegoers would flock to see a 190-minute movie about water with no bathroom breaks. 
44-ounce Cokes are expected to be among the concessions purchased by the dumbest viewers in attendance. Quote, my flicks, my flick has so, uh, excuse me, quote, my flick has so dang many waterfalls, said Mr. Cameron during a screening of the movie to attendees excited enough to submit to testing the bursting point of their own bladders. Water gushing everywhere, streaming down the giant screen in rivulets and torrents. I've been waiting half of my life for this sequel, screamed 26-year-old fanatical Avatar fan Hirsch Bogweller, while sporting a blue face painted and uh, blue painted face in the blissful ignorance of the fact that he will miss three crucial minutes of his favorite movie at the two-hour mark due to his body's inability to hold liquid waste for such a long period. At publishing time, Mr. Cameron had announced pre-production was already underway for the third movie in the effeminate Fern Gully series to be released in December 2098. (laughs) Now, that having been said, um, China, TikTok, banning. These are all words that are in our vocabulary as of late. And before we leave here today, we want to talk about um, TikTok because we've had two bills go before Congress. Both of them bipartisan, by the way, not by caramel. By caramel. It's by caramel, not not by caramel, by caramel. Affirm how I identify, Pat. No. See how that works, people? Peace, bro. See how that works. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> that having been said, um, there have been two bills that have gone before us. Um, when it comes to this, one of which has already passed, by the way, and this has passed in many states already. And that is the banning of the use of TikTok on uh, state owned or federally owned devices. Right. We've also had a second bill or second set of bills that have gone through on a bipartisan basis, not by caramel or caramel or caramel basis, their Korean Jean Pierre, um, and it's 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 a bill that attempts to literally ban the use of TikTok. And by the way, we have also seen a, another bill come up with uh, Huawei um, and banning of of that in the United States of America. Period. Amen. And. The reason that you might want to ban these things on state-run or state-owned or federally-owned devices might be what, Pat? TikTok is owned by or TikTok is ByteDance, right? ByteDance or whatever it is. That company is owned by the Chinese Communist Party. Okay. Right. Right. Partially owned by them, but also all of its information must go through. All of the data, all of that stuff goes through the Chinese Communist Party. Now, the compact has been what? That there's going to be a silo of the U.S. information here in the United States of America with no access by the Chinese Communist Party. We know vis-a-vis other scientists and other people that that's likely not true. Okay, It is likely that the Chinese Communist Party has access to this information. So... My question to you, Pat, and how we need to critically think through this is, is this ban on TikTok unworkable and unnecessary? 
or is it wholly necessary? And I'm going to read to you a excerpt from Elizabeth Nolan Brown, who I like a lot because she makes me think quite a bit over at Reason Magazine, Reason.com. But I want you to hear this, okay? So, there's going to be a banning of ByteDance uh, from doing business here, blah, 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 right? Now, some suggest that since the app is based in China, says Elizabeth Nolan Brown, it must be a tool of Chinese propaganda. This is probably the silliest fear, since if there were a widespread pro-China or anti-American video campaign circulating on TikTok, it would fly, not fly under the radar. But even if this is going on, so what? There's nothing stopping Americans from offering their own propaganda on the app. Most people on TikTok are not even engaging with political content in the first place. That's untrue. That is 100% untrue, but we'll get into that. Most people on TikTok are not even engaging with political content in the first place, and even if they were and did see Chinese propaganda, people are not zombies who passively absorb and believe everything they see. Besides, Chinese propagandists can set up accounts on any social media platform and spread propaganda, probably much more covertly, that way. They don't need to rely on an app owned by a Chinese company. So let's just take that paragraph and, um, Pat, let's critically think through this. I like, as I said, Elizabeth Nolan Brown. I think she is usually very thoughtful. This is the dumbest argument I have ever, and I mean ever seen, written at Reason Magazine. The dumbest paragraph I have ever seen. Propaganda is propaganda because it is what, Pat? Influential. Right. People are not zombies who passively absorb and believe everything they see. Bullshit. The whole point of TikTok, the whole point of social media these days is that people will believe literally anything that is in front of them. Right. It is how people believed stupid Pizzagate, right? It is how people believed all sorts of bunk junk. People believe that um, these I kissed a girl things on TikTok are real. People will believe any illusion if they see it. And if they see it over and over again, and what is TikTok really good at? Feeding you everything you want to be fed. It knows how you act. It knows which videos do you swipe through? Which videos do you stay on for five seconds? Which ones are 30 seconds or you're there for the full three minutes, right? And then it feeds you more and more and more and more and more and more and more of those things. It's literally propaganda. That is literally how that is done. People are zombies. That is how you get hooked into a TikTok or any, uh, a real a th you know, thread for like, oh shit, I just, that was 30 minutes of my life, right? How many times have you scrolled through something and went, wait, uh -huh, what time is it? That's because they've zombieized you. It happens to all of us. And we do passively absorb things. We just, that's the whole point. We're not, we're not knowledgeable of things that are being absorbed until it's too late sometimes. 
They don't need to use TikTok. TikTok exists as a tool for this Chinese Communist Party to understand at a very deep level how people can be manipulated. That is the point of this. It is literally why the algorithm and why this, this exists and other forms of TikTok don't get the interaction that TikTok does. Instagram Reels is a great example of this. Is Instagram Reels literally TikTok? Yes, right? But Instagram Reels' algorithm is not as good at feeding you and curating content that you like to see. It's not as good. TikTok does it better. It hits you with that dopamine hit time and time and time and time and time again. Where Reels, it's not really about that. The algorithms are different. The point of TikTok is to be an influencer for the Chinese Communist Party. That is literally why this exists. Now, Elizabeth Nolan Brown, Pat, continues saying that the more prevalent fear seems to be that TikTok will be a tool of Chinese surveillance. Again, that is the effing point. They're not surveilling where we live or whatever. They're surveilling how we act. Because what you need to understand about warfare in the 21st century is that it is not likely to be fought on the ground. Warfare is likely to become who can pacify whom first. Visa Via technology. ones and zeros. Right. The more prevalent fear seems to be that TikTok would be a tool of Chinese surveillance. The company's U.S. operations have strenuously denied this, noting that they store U.S. data, uh, U.S. user data in the U.S., and that China-based employees won't have access to U.S. data. That is an absolute out-and-out out lie, which we've been able to prove vis-a-vis -vis lawsuits inside the United States of America. Discovery in those lawsuits prove it. But she continues, among other measures meant to safeguard the user privacy, this means that theoretically U.S. user data is not going to the Chinese government, nor is TikTok letting the Chinese government use it to spy on U.S. users. There may be a reason to be skeptical that this never happens. Forbes recently reported that ByteDance's internal audit and risk control department, quote, planned to collect TikTok data about the location of a U.S. citizen. However, Forbes would not report on the reason for the proposed surveillance and does not know if it actually came to fruition. So it's hard to say that whether this is a real reason for concern. Sure, this could be a super creepy situation in which the Chinese Communist government asked ByteDance to spy on somebody for political reasons, but for all we know, the user in question was a violent criminal and had a court order or a request from U.S. authorities to find their location. In any event, we don't need to be naive about the Chinese government to realize that the risk for ordinary TikTok users is negligible. If you're a U.S.-based Chinese national critical of the Communist Party of China, you might think twice about using TikTok. And the same goes if you're a U.S. government official or a journalist reporting on highly sensitive subjects or something like that. Basically, anybody who has a reason to think the Chinese government could want to spy on them might want to exercise caution. But the idea that the Chinese government would want to surveil the location of random American citizens is silly. Same for the idea that the video viewing habits of your average TikTok user or whatever other information they provide the app would be of interest. Yes, it would. It would. That's This is what Elizabeth Nolan Brown and the... And, and the we can't fear technology crowd don't understand. This is what they don't understand about why China, why North Korea, why these things, uh, why they create the things that they create and put them out into the world. 
they don't understand that <clears throat> the Chinese government has been using TikTok in China, by the way, as a surveillance measure of where people are, what they're doing, how they're doing it. It is literally set up as a surveillance tool. It is literally exist. It's its only existence is that. Now, here in the United States of America, Pat, I would I I would ask you this, right? If if you had the <clears throat> if you were thinking about waging a war economically, spiritually, uh, culturally, physically, would it behoove you to understand how you can manipulate the other side? Yes. Yeah. Oh hell, yes, it would. Yes. And and the best way to do that, by the way, is to have it constantly in front of the user, right? Right. right. It, it it is because why? Because I I'm not paying attention to the the things that are actually going on in this world. I'm sitting here watching TikTok videos, right? Right. While that's happening, I'm over here and I'm China, and I go, "Thank you," because I, now I know where to. Uh, where to direct my attack, right? And you don't even know what's happening. There is a reason why I refuse to put TikTok on my phone. I don't even have the mm -hmm. app on my phone. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have an account. I don't have anything in regards to TikTok. Not that I think that China is specifically going to surveil me per se. <clears throat> I don't right, really but, care about that. But they might be using your data and the points right. of where you live and, and how you're interacting on your day-to-day -day basis they might use the 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 raw data of that to help them influence not just their algorithm but how they how they surveil inside the United States of America. You would be naive to suggest that the Chinese government is not using this data to wage some cyber kinetic or or not even cyber kinetic but cyber warfare. You'd be naive to know that. <clears throat> Great example. What about manipulating? Um, Power grids, for example. Mm. This data would be very useful for something like that, right? Right. Where where are people mass gathering? How about we shut that power off and <clears throat> and watch what happens? I was uh, I was talking with my wife's uncle over the weekend, and he he actually works for the um, county government that he lives in. Okay, uh, does IT and stuff for the, for that county. And he was telling me that they are constantly trying to be hacked by Russia and China on a county level. Mm -hmm. If it can happen on that level, folks, it can happen in the palm of your freaking hand via TikTok. And to be clear, I'm not against the concept of TikTok, and that's not what we're arguing here. I'm against the idea of ever giving anything to what I would consider one of our mortal enemies right now, and that is the Chinese Communist Party. I'm I, I'm absolutely against that. And, and, and I agree with this aspect of it. I don't know that banning it is the answer. I, I happen to agree with this part of it. I don't know that banning it. Now, I will say this. Banning it on government levels absolutely is the answer. Because that is that is vital information that the, right. the Chinese Communist Party literally can easily gain access to. But when it Utah comes research. to the, the, yeah. the populace, what the answer really is, mm. and hear me out on this, is creating a viable alternative and promoting it. Um, there are alternatives to TikTok that already exist in the marketplace, but by and large, 
they don't have the following. There's one, um, you know, Vine was a great example of some proto version of TikTok, right? It was bought right. by Twitter and just it was bought by Twitter so that Twitter could use the infrastructure of Vine to put together its own ability to put video together on the platform. That's why Vine was bought. Okay. For a while there, Vine was like a, a subsection of Twitter, by the way, on the app, right? You had to go into Vine, put that video up. Now, Vine was also fantastic because it allowed you to literally, um, if Vine had the the copyright, like the the ability to use that copyright, you could, it was great for video for sports. It was fantastic for that because you could clip that 15 second, you know, touchdown situation or crazy situation in the game or, you know, whatever. But that notwithstanding, there are companies that have existed since like 2011 or 2012 that do the exact same thing as TikTok, but they haven't been as successful or um, mega popular. Why? Because they don't do the same things as TikTok. They, their algorithm, their engineering is not nearly as good. Their user interface is not nearly as good. Their marketing, awful, right? That having been said, the answer is education. The answer is informing the citizenry and letting them make that risk-benefit analysis. For me, the benefit of being able to use this as a professional tool largely outweighs the personal spying that could exist. I don't subscribe to the, if you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to worry about, right? Scenario. I, I don't subscribe to that belief system, but I do believe that you should be free to make an informed decision. But does the general public know, number one, who actually owns TikTok? By and large, no. Probably not. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't so, think most people do. So I believe it is Congress's duty. I believe it is the duty of the President of the United States of America. I believe it is the duty of those with mouthpieces and large platforms to start speaking on this topic so that people can be aware. Because here's the other rub on this, Pat, right? I don't like YouTube for its censorous nature, but it is a really great search engine. It is the number two most used search engine in the world. And for my business to not be there is dumb. It is the dumbest thing that I could possibly do to not be there. Right? Because why? Right. It is the second largest search engine besides Google. And Google owns numbers one and two. Okay. So let me be present and omnipresent in my sphere on that platform. People searching Chicago real estate, living in Chicago, moving to Chicago, all of those types of things. What do I want? I want the ability to get in front of the most amount of people humanly possible, right? You want to be found. Yes. I want to mm -hmm. be known. And, mm -hmm. and I'll give you a hint. Any business wants to be known. Now, you can choose how big, wide, or small you want to be. That's, that's up to you. How many baby steps or do you want to wade into the deep end? Whatever, right? You get to make that decision of your marketing and all of those things. But I am doing that well-informed that I am not going to be talking politics in that, right? I don't, we don't exist on YouTube as critical thinking, right? That channel no longer exists. 
We have stopped using it. Why? Because we don't think that that platform is useful for our message. It will limit our message. It will actually damage this show. Yes, it is the number two search engine, but we will be demonetized, deplatformed, de-searched so damn fast the second that we talk about anything that is um, controversial around COVID or around January 6th or any of those topics that they deem. So we have chosen not to use that, right? But we've made an informed decision to do so. That's the point that I think some of these people on the libertarian side are missing. And some people uh, in the Josh Hawley, the um, Marco Rubio set are missing. You need to be able to trust the consumer to make a decision that's right for them. And if the consumer would better understand what this app does, what it can do, what its power really is, maybe some people would think twice about putting it on their phone. The other thing that I would suggest highly, by the way, to help you in that scenario, use a VPN on your phone. Use a VPN. They can't see it. They have no way of knowing where you are, what your data is doing at that point. That is one way in which you can protect yourself from this. I use ExpressVPN on my computer, on my phone, all the damn time. All the time. And it's fantastic. It's cheap, it's easy, it works. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And I learned that uh, Andrew now identifies as a lizard or non-binary sexual lizard. Pansexual lizard. Pan, oh, pan, yeah, pansexual. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Lesbian. Oh, lesbian. Yeah. Sorry. I Gay. Meant to include that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Asexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. Now, for your birthday, Pat, today on December 15th, because, it, well, your birthday was yesterday, um, mm-hmm. I baked you a cake, you bigot. And with that, please be smart, be safe, be kind. And do not forget to eat all your meals today. As always, Matthew 547. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.